Hey guys, welcome back to Path to Warren podcast. Uh, appreciate you listening and being here. Um, on the last episode, we left off with me describing a little bit, a fraction, just a fraction of the bottom that I went through. Um, I talked about how I had a solar business and it was massively in debt. Um, and I just wanted to, before I get into too much more of the bad and what life was like, I just want to take a second and make sure you understand that life is extremely wonderful today. Um, I have a job that I, you know, make around $72,000 today. Uh, so I'm making back more than I was back before I left the, the farm. Um, and I'm happy. That's the key. I am happy. Um, which is kind of the basis of my whole podcast. So I, the path to Warren I've mentioned before is to really help others find the pathway to happiness. And I, I want you to know that I'm happy. Uh, my relationship with my daughter and my wife is way beyond what I could ever imagine. Uh, we're, we're close. We're loving each other. Uh, my bills are paid on time. I've been solvent, meaning I've paid my bills uh, every day before they're due. Um, we, you know, financially, we are, we're, we're working on being recovered from where I left off. Um, uh, but it's not just about money. It's, it's, it's the spiritual piece of it. You know, I have found my higher power, um, what, what is known as my version of my higher power. I am um, working out at the gym four or five times a week, uh, really enjoying it, eating as healthy as I can. It's not perfect, but I'm eating as healthy as I can. Um, and I just feel wonderful. I, I feel really good. Uh, and I, that's, that is why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing this so that, you know, it hurts me today when I see people struggling. I have empathy for them. I have, I have compassion for seeing somebody that is out there using, uh, heavily or massively, you know, obese. Uh, it's a sickness. It's a mental, it's a mental illness. It's a problem. Uh, they just, uh, you know, I, I don't have all the answers, but I just think that if there's anything that I can share that will help somebody who's in pain, as bad as I was in pain, that this will be worthwhile. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. So when I left off of episode one, like I said, we were at the bottom describing what happened when I had this tiny house that I finally completed. Uh, Mario and I moved it with my wife's old antique truck. Uh, we, we, I ended up having to drive up to Lake Lure, North Carolina, uh, one afternoon, driving in the old truck to pick up a um, flatbed trailer that was a, it was like... <laughs> Uh, something I found off of the trader. I uh, paid cash to the guy, 800 bucks, brought this flat trailer back, and we loaded, I don't know how we did it, uh, really, uh, other than the fact that we loaded it onto 
cinder blocks uh, using jacks to raise it up. We were able to actually lift this tiny house onto the back of its trailer. Um, I hauled it down the road without a permit, down the road, um, past the University of South Carolina Stadium, and I had convinced a, a guy to let me put this tiny house and let Mario live in it um, off of Bluff Road. Welcome back, guys, to this episode. Uh, what does surrender mean to you? What does, when you hear the word surrender, you, you know, a lot of times you hear people say, oh, just surrender that, or why don't you just surrender? Surrender to me is when I had given up, when I had, when I had tried to fix things myself so many different ways and so many times that I was out of options. I was done. I was completely exhausted. You know, surrender is when you're at war and the you're told to surrender and you have to put your hands up, put your weapons on the ground, put your gun down, sit on the curb and be told what to do next. That's where I was. That is surrender. Surrender does not mean, oh, well, I'm going to do a few things that they suggest, but I'm going to continue to do a couple things that I want to do because this is what I want to do. No, surrender is where I was. I was at the point where my wife had taken my daughter to live with her mom and dad. Um, so I didn't have my child. And that was the that was the main point where I was like, OK, I surrender. Take it. You, you're going to start taking my daughter away. Um, I, I, I can't do this. Um, but I don't blame her. I mean, I, I, there's no way I can blame her. For taking my daughter away I was so sick uh, I was unstable I was I was like a madman um, and when you when you add up all of the things that had hit my wife found out that I had spent uh, tens of thousands of dollars I, I had taken it out of our our personal savings account to help fund my solar business that was going bankrupt uh, because it was taking much longer than I planned to finish these projects. Um, the application process, the utilities were just slow as can be because they have absolutely no desire to go solar because it takes away from their bottom line. They're basically being mandated by the government to go solar. Um, they're doing all they can to slow down people like me who are trying to help customers go solar. So the the whole projects that I thought were going to take a couple months, they they took three times as much time to uh, actually be ready to commission. So my my paychecks weren't coming in at all, uh, very very little. Um, and, and what happened was my wife was just fed up. Um, I was not being a good husband and not being a good family man. I was all over the place. I was late for family functions. I was drinking, uh, you know, to excess doesn't even start to explain how bad I was drinking. Um, I was smoking weed from the time I got up in the morning 
to help escape in my head because there was so much wrong with my life. Um, the Adderall, I would take, I would leave it beside my my nightstand next to my bed so that before I got up, I could just take the Adderall. And even if I went back to bed within 10 minutes, I'd be wired, ready to go, hard charging because of the Adderall. Um, you know, I don't know if I have ADD. I, I obviously think I do, but I don't need that. That is a gift from God. That is a gift from my higher power. I, there's no need to take medicines to stay focused. Um, you know, there's some people that are so... Anyway, I'm not going to get into that right now, but I, I just want you to know that my life was unmanageable. It was absolutely, completely unmanageable. And if you see somebody or you know somebody that's out there that's, that's living unmanageably, maybe share this podcast with them. Maybe it'll help them. Or hit subscribe and, and listen to the rest of the story. But when my wife took my daughter away to live at my in-laws house, um, that was that was the main breaking point. Uh, my, my dad thought I was on cocaine. Uh, there was one you know instance that I remember where I had gotten paid a ten thousand dollar check from a client. And one of my partners, Kirby, he was trying to be a partner. He was really a sales rep that couldn't sell anything by himself. Um, he had to have me to do everything. But I'm not here to bash him. I'm just telling you that uh, he, he fed to my dad facts that he thought were true. They were not true. But he shared with my father that he thought I was going to use the $10,000 he didn't think I would use it on the customer's roof that I was actually going to use it to, to buy cocaine. Uh, one night when I came home, my dad was insistent on this check. And, you know, I don't know if it was a God thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaning on the fact that it was a God thing. But the check had actually fallen in between my seat and of, of the Honda hybrid that I was driving. Um, the check had actually fallen in between the seat and the, the center console. So I didn't know where the check was and I could not produce it for my dad when he wanted the check. But, and I was really devastated that he wouldn't trust me to believe that I was not on cocaine. Uh, I've never tried cocaine and I'm going to contribute that to my uncle. Uh, I've got an uncle, his name's Uncle Jamie. Uh, he had been sober for 30 years plus and AA and I had seen him live a, a very godly life I'd seen him turn his life around uh, and heard the stories of how he had struggled with addictions and um, he was an entrepreneur as well so I could relate to him uh, very well we got along all, all the time growing up uh, when I was a young boy driving in the back seat, I was riding in the back seat of my granddaddy's car and we were in the car following my grandparents and my parents who were in the car ahead of us. My uncle shared with me, I, th I think I was about eight or nine. I was about eight or nine years old. My uncle, Jamie, sober, he shared with me how he had 
been addicted to cocaine. Uh, he actually shared how he would wake up in the morning, mix cocaine in with his orange juice, and he would pack for the day a cigarette cellophane wrapper of cocaine with him, and that would be what he used all day to work. And he scared the life out of me uh, when I was a young boy about using that drug and it, it scared me to death I wanted no part of that he, he told me very clearly that if you try that you'll never be the same and it, it rocked my world uh, it had an impact it had a huge impact I think if he wouldn't have told me that if he wouldn't have been in my life that I would have probably built up to that point um, but thank God it, we didn't get there so <clears throat> my dad is in my house one night he's in my house on uh, in my in my bedroom with me wanting to know where is the check where's the check and I couldn't produce it I have no idea what the check was um, I was I was so disappointed though because he thought I'd use it on cocaine to me cocaine was another level <laughs> um, but really what I know now is the amount of Adderall that I was using and being prescribed by the doctor. So here again, this is another segment that could be a whole podcast in itself. Thinking that you're not, you're not addicted to something because it's prescribed to you by a doctor is a, is a lie you're telling yourself. And that's exactly where I was. I, I was, I was sitting there using these things that I really thought were helping me. They were they were prescriptions. They were prescriptions by my doctor. <laughs> uh, I told him I was stressed. He gave me Xanax. I told him I couldn't I couldn't concentrate. He gave me Adderall. Um, I told him I couldn't get an erection to have sex, and so he gave me uh, uh, what's the um, the 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 erection medicine but it'll come to me but anyway you know my problem was not that my problem was not those things it was the life I was leading it was the the distance from my higher power my life was so messed up that I thought I could solve it with a pill I thought I could solve it with a drug thought I could solve it with a plant leaf that I smoked out of a bowl or a joint I mean that's the craziest thing in the world but that's all I knew <laughs> uh, I, I don't know let me rephrase that I knew the right way to live my parents growing up were very religious people spiritual and they were happy uh, they, there were no drugs in the house. There were no alcohol used in the house. Um, I, I really didn't know this higher power that they knew. Um, they were, they grew up, you know, Presbyterian Methodist. I had a problem with that because, you know, I, I knew that my God didn't agree with some of my things that I was doing. Um, 
but I didn't know that was the solution to my problems. I didn't know that trying to surrender my will and let let God's will work. I didn't I didn't realize that that was that was the basic underlying issue with 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 my problem. Um, I thought the solution was more money, more sex, more uh, more calmness, more you know more. Uh, I thought that these little pills, you know, more more ability to concentrate and read. If I could just read more, if I could just work on these proposals more, I need Adderall. You know, that's ridiculous. Looking back at it today, um, so by the time my by the time my dad wanted me to produce this check I I was so far in debt so far lost my that night I had come home from a bender that's what I learned is the right term um, I had left super early in the morning taken an uber to North Carolina to talk to a Catawba Indian tribe. I had an appointment, I had a business appointment. I mean, this is legit. I had a legitimate appointment, <laughs> um, but I had taken an Uber. It ended up costing me like $300 to take an Uber to North Carolina. Um, I had a car full of papers and computers and monitors to give a presentation. We were going to help this Catawba Indian reserve with clean solar power. Um, I was so messed up that, and I, I, I pulled an all-nighter. I, I'd stayed up the whole night before um, and crammed an Adderall. I, I might have slept on my desk for an hour. I don't really know. I don't remember. It's all blur. Um, but you know, it was it was hell looking back on it. Um, Oh, man, it's painful. Um, when I came home from that trip, the drive back, I was smoking weed in the Uber's car, which now is ridiculous. He could have called the cops at any time. Um, I, I made him pull through the Range Rover dealership. <laughs> uh, it's kind of comical now thinking about it, but... I had him pull through the Range Rover dealership and was convinced that I was going to make so much money on this deal that I was going to own one of the largest Range Rovers possible. Uh, again, that was another sign that it was all material. <laughs> I had convinced myself that all things material uh, would make me happy. Um, well, I had started this like 20 person way call on the way back from Charlotte that lasted I think on and off around an hour um, it, this was around five six seven o'clock at night it wasn't quite seven it was around five or six at night I was driving home in the uber I was on such an incredible high because these Catawba Indian folks the, the the head leaders, the supreme leaders of this group, and the my connections that got me there were all in. 
they, they wanted to go on this project that was going to be tens of millions of dollars in solar and, and shipping containers and battery storage and generators. And they were like all in. <laughs> Basically, come back with a proposal and we'll be ready to go. That's what it sounded like to me. Again, through the filter of drugs and alcohol. Um, but I came back and I was on the phone rambling to everybody that I could get on the phone that I think I've found the secret. I, I think I know what, what, you know, how to do this deal. Um, my parents, my dad, because at the time all I wanted was an attaboy from dad. Um, I called him and I was slurring my words. He could tell I was slurring my words. And I, don't, I wasn't really making sense. And his first comment, I think it, it wasn't anything like, oh, good job. It was like, well, you know, projects this big take a long time. And there's a lot of approval processes and a lot of proposals that are probably going to need to be done and specifications that need to be done because he knows, <laughs> you know, he's been around the block. He's sold big deals before and knows that it's, if it, it's not that easy. Um, but they decided to show up at my house because they were concerned and they he knew that I was messed up and uh, uh, they were trying to help I, I come home stumble in the house uh, my mother-in-law was keeping Maddie away from me in, in the living room Maddie had this like horrible look and cry uh, crying on her face she had this horrible look, you know, like, Daddy, what's wrong? What's wrong? I don't know what's, what they're talking about. Um, I think she was maybe four. And, uh, you know, my parents wanted to talk. Dad followed me into my room, wanted to see what this check was. Um, he was really concerned. And he says, I think you need to get help, Matt. I think you have a drinking and and a drug problem. I think you need to get help. Um, I did not know that he had been talking to Uncle Jamie. I did not know that Uncle Jamie had been feeding information about how to help somebody who is an alcoholic addict. But one of the one of the first things to that they started out by saying was, I, you need to raise the bottom for Matt. You need to raise the bottom. Well, I later learned that raising the bottom means do whatever you can without hurting him physically. Do whatever you can to help him by raising the bottom up. Don't let him go too deep. Meaning if you've got $100,000, which most people don't, but if you've got $10,000 in the bank, and he has access to it, move that away. So my wife moved $13,000 of our personal money over to my mother-in-law's account. When I, heard out, when I heard about that, I flipped out. I flipped out. I thought she was trying to divorce me. I thought she was trying to sabotage me. All the things I was doing, I was trying to do for her and my daughter. I was trying to you know, take care of my family. And here she is taking away what I thought savings were for, emergencies. This was an emergency in my mind. Um, 
there were so many things wrong that this was not an emergency in her mind. This was, Matt needs help. Um, so that night, Dad said, look, I think you need help. Um, I, I think we need to go to the hospital. Let's go to the hospital. So without anything else to do, uh, without any other options, uh, I, I, was, I agreed to go to the hospital. Um, I went to Palmetto Rich, Richland Hospital. Um, we went and walked into the ER and my dad wrote a note. I don't, you know, this is the thing. I don't even know what it said, but I didn't care. <laughs> I don't, I didn't even look or ask him at this point. I was just, I, I was ready to give up. I wanted help. I wanted help. My life was so unmanageable. And what I did was I just sat down. My dad went up to the counter, wrote out a note to the nurse, handed her the note and said, uh, I'd like to, to get him checked out by a doctor. So they ended up letting me stay. Um, I was adamant about not being committed. I did not want to be committed. Uh, if my sister had been committed for, uh, for other issues and I saw what that did to her insurance and her, her ability to get life insurance and things like that. I just was, I, I wanted to get the assessment and get out of there. Um, so stay tuned. There's more to come.